Ann Shockey, a former flower shop and boutique owner turned creative business coach. With over 23 years of entrepreneurial experience, I've tried all kinds of things. Some worked well, some didn't. Whether you're just opening your first business or maybe your third or you're somewhere in between, I've got you covered. From opening businesses to branding and niching to rebranding to marketing to managing a team of employees, all while having three babies, to successfully selling a business and then to starting the next one. I'll help you combine the practical day-to-day how-to's of business with empowering entrepreneurial mindsets to create a business and life that feels good to you. I'll help you start thinking like a successful entrepreneur so you can be a successful entrepreneur. If you want to get focused, get organized, be efficient, and stay on track, and brilliantly leverage that creative mind of yours, join me. If you're ready to feel confident in your business decisions, while also feeling more freedom and grace and ease around your business, this is the place for you. I created The Brilliant Creative for business owners who need a place to connect, who need a place to think big and see momentum in their creative business. And I did it because I love creatives. I am one. And I love all things creative. From makers to painters to photographers to interior designers to florists and bakers and course creators. I'm here to help you make more, work less, and feel good about it. And the coach in me wants to teach you how to navigate all those blocks that are often in your way. Want to make sure you never have to go back to that nine to five? You got to start thinking differently. So join me each week as we help you get clear, get a plan and get moving so you can live the life that you've always dreamed of. At The Brilliant Creative, you get to love your work. Let's begin. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Brilliant Creative Podcast, the podcast for people who want to get dang good, brilliant even, at their creative business. I'm Ann Stocky, a creative business coach and your host for the Brilliant Creative. This is episode one, and I'm so excited you're here. So it's likely if you are here that you have a creative business or maybe you're just starting one, you might be getting ready to make your side hustle business your full-time gig. You might be here to re-energize your current business. It's been a crazy year, and it's definitely time for some re-energization. Or like many of my coaching clients, you might be a multi-passionate creative with two or three different businesses, and you need a little structure to keep everything on track, including your very busy and brilliant creative brain. Regardless of where you are in your journey, if you have a business and you want to get to the next level, this podcast is for you. I'm Ange, Ange Stucky, a former flower shop owner turned business coach, and I'm here to share with you everything I've learned from 20 plus years that I've owned and run businesses and employed people, my real world business experience combined with my coaching training and hundreds of hours of coaching creatives. That's what sets me apart in the business coaching industry. I get creatives and I have a lot of experience. I help my clients get clear on what's happening now in their business and what they want to happen. I partner with them to figure out how to get there. Whether they are just starting or are refining an existing business, it doesn't matter where you are in the journey, this podcast works for everybody. Each week on the Brilliant Creative Podcast, we'll dive into a topic and make sure you leave with actionable intelligence, meaning you'll have some hints, tips, or strategies to integrate into your business right away that can truly make a difference. 
These are tried and true strategies. I've tried them and they work. They really do help. I want you to leave here each week feeling more confident than when you arrived. I want you to feel organized, efficient, confident, and successful in your business. I also want you to feel flow and ease and grace. I want for you to work the number of hours that feels good to you. I want you to have a schedule that feels good, and I truly want your business to feel good because if it doesn't feel good, it doesn't do very well. Or maybe your business does well, but you don't do very well. Some of the topics we'll cover, business money mindset, business branding, niche, and your ideal client community. We talk about your environment and how it serves you. We talk systems, routines, calendars, boundaries. We talk employees, teams, work, joy, and fulfillment. We'll talk about confidence and decision-making. And we love, and when I say we, I'm pretty sure that's me. I love helping you guys get really efficient. And even though lots of you don't always pay attention to this, I talk about money. A feel-good money mindset for a creative is a key piece of enjoying a profitable and sustainable business. We'll get really practical and talk about tools, apps, routines, automations, and systems that will serve you and create efficiencies where you didn't even know you needed one. I hope you'll find this podcast to be a tool you can keep in your back pocket as you build and refine your business. And if you listen for a while, this podcast should help you make more money in less time while having more fun at work and in life. And that sounds like something that feels good. So there's one more thing that you'll learn if you tune into The Brilliant Creative, and that's Wagitwa. You've probably never heard of Wagitwa because it's an acronym. I made it up one day because that's what creative people do. We just make stuff up. When you think of the word Wagitwa, picture it in all caps. It stands for what gets in the way. And as a coach, I'm always helping my clients with the things that get in their way. You may have heard them referred to as blocks, limiting beliefs, and old stories. In my coaching practice, anything that gets in the way of your momentum and progress is called Wagitwa. Here are some examples of Wagitwa. First off, there's perfectionism. If you're creative, you already know it's a blessing and a curse and it gets in the way. It shows up like fear of making a decision, fear of launching, fear of making a mistake, fear of being judged, fear of putting yourself out there, fear of failing, and about 20 other common fears that show up when you are trying to move forward. Another thing that gets in the way is making decisions about your business based on what you think other people will think. It's a little bit of a crazy way to make decisions if you really think about it. Like when you put all of your decisions through the filter of what would my mom think? What would my sister think? What would my college friends think? What would that mean girl in high school think? Another part of Wagitwa is comparison. Comparison leads to you not doing anything because you feel behind. How will you ever catch up? Feeling behind leads to overwhelm. Overwhelm leads to paralysis or doing nothing. And that's when you find yourself scrolling Instagram for hours, getting nothing done, and kind of having that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, what am I doing? And then you feel bad and you tell yourself stories about how you're never meant to do this in the first place. It's kind of a little tornado of a thing, that comparison. Here are some other examples of Wagitwa. Not having a strategy. No routines, which means every day you're reinventing the wheel. No boundaries, 
which means you are led by other people, what they're doing and what they're not doing. Tech. Tech gets in the way. And depending on your age, tech can really get in the way. Some of my older clients are so frustrated with tech. It is definitely part of Wagitwa. Wagitwa also includes the absence of an entrepreneur's mindset and negative self-talk, bad vocabulary, money blocks, old money stories, family blocks, old family stories. It also includes limiting beliefs about who you believe you are and who you believe you are not. Lastly, staying so busy in your business that you don't have any time to work on your business. That's another part of what gets in the way. The list goes on and on. Wagitwa is one of the main reasons I have a job. It is also one of the main reasons this podcast exists. You guys need to know how to navigate every single one of the things that are going to get in your way, and I want to help. One goal here at The Brilliant Creative is to help you get clear about where you are now and where you want to be. Another goal is to help you handle what gets in the way so your business can move forward the way you want it to. And lastly, I want to support you with actionable intelligence along the way. I'm so excited to support you and serve you. Let's get started with today's topic. It is perfectionism because, oi, perfectionism for for creatives, it's a thing. I'm going to talk about what it is, why we have it, how it's helpful, and how it's harmful because it is helpful sometimes and what we can do when it's in our way. So perfectionism is defined Loosely as a set of beliefs and behaviors that accept nothing less than perfection. Perfectionists strive for flawlessness. There are different degrees of perfectionism. Some of the behaviors are considered healthy and some are paralyzing and debilitating. I've experienced every level of perfectionism in many ways, actually. Uh, Often I believed, which I, I can see now, but I didn't know it then, Often I believe that the more flawless my work and or my behavior was, the more love, happiness, and success I would receive. The harder I worked, the more loved and accepted I would be. It was never extreme. And by no means did I ever actually achieve the perfection I was hoping for. But it is something that I say I've recovered from as perfectionism kept me from doing things I wanted to do when I wanted to do them. Also, I I didn't know that perfectionism was something that could be in the way. When I was young, I thought it was a blessing. When I had the flower shop, I had a flower shop for 16 years. It served me well. People wanted flawless flowers. That's what we sold. I was obsessed with perfect flowers, color palettes, ribbon types, vase styles, perfect displays, perfect merchandising, obsessed with perfection. In many ways, it built a business for me. So it did serve me well in many ways, but it was also harmful. For example... I wanted to have a podcast two years ago, and here we are, episode one. I wanted to get every single duck in a row first before launching a podcast. And I wanted all the ducks to look perfect and be perfect. They all have bow ties on. Some people would have suggested that my ducks were already in a row two years ago, but not to me. What if I failed? That would not be okay. Failing, not an option. Failing is less than perfect. What was the fix? How how did I pull out the need for perfection. You're probably wondering, how did you get here? How is it okay now that you have a podcast? I had to get okay with the possibility of failing wildly and publicly all over the place to put this podcast out there. And I'm okay with it. I might fail all over. I mean, bring it. 
if something doesn't work, I'll fix it and I'll get right back at it. I'm okay with failing now. I don't want to, but I'm not afraid of it anymore. It took me a while to sort that out in my head. It took some coaching. It took a lot of journaling. All of it helped. And here we are. For some, perfectionism can be extreme. According to Psychology Today, a publication that I love, what makes extreme perfectionism so toxic is that when you're kind of in the throes of perfectionism, um, you are most focused on avoiding failure, which results in a negative orientation. Do you know what that means? That means that you are trying to avoid a bad thing. And when you try and avoid or you hope for a bad thing not to happen, you're more likely to go more towards that bad thing. So it's not a great way to run through life. People who are um, experiencing extreme perfectionism, they don't believe in unconditional love, expecting others' affection and approval to be dependent on kind of this flawless performance. For the creative business owners, perfectionism shows up in all different ways. Your course or product is never good enough to photograph, video, or put out there. And therefore, the course never gets out there. And then a story starts in your mind because your course or product, it sits on the shelf for so long that the self-talk around the project becomes harmful and self-fulfilling. You say things like, oh, my course is almost out there. And you say it over and over. And pretty soon, your course is almost out there all the time, meaning it's never out there. Or you might say, oh, I'm going to start my podcast next year, next month, next week. You'll notice yourself thinking, gosh, a year's gone by and I'm still saying my course isn't done or the same thing about my website or my product still isn't out there, my business, my blog, whatever it is, your business logo, maybe that's not quite right, or your fonts or the color combination or your PDFs. This doesn't match. That doesn't match. The sound quality isn't the absolute best. Maybe I should do some more research. The bar is high when we are in perfectionist mode. Hypercritical assessment of the product you've created is happening all the time. So the website never gets launched or fixed or updated. It will never be good enough. And it will take way too long to ever get it good enough. And by the way, we are never enough anyway. So we might as well just scroll Instagram. Or maybe the bar is so high and the amount of time you estimate that it will take to perfect your thing never becomes available. It's just going to take too long to actually get it ready. Perfectionism stops you from living the life you believe you are meant to live. And it stops you from having the initial experience and the information and feedback you need from the initial experience. It stops you from moving forward when it's what you most want to do. Sometimes a perfectionist is holding on so tight that all the other options available to them are unable to be accessed. And you believe there's only one possible way your thing will work. And when will you ever be able to spend enough time on it to get it that way? You might know I'm from Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. There are a lot of lakes here and a lot of boats, and we have a lot of fishing gear in our garage. (laughs) In our Glow Business Coaching Group, we say that perfectionism stops you from putting the boat in the water. If you don't put the boat in the water, you'll never know if you need to turn right or left. You'll never know how the boat reacts to the current. Should you make the boat go faster or slow it down? You need to put the boat in the water so you can see how it behaves. And then with the information you get, you can make decisions about what needs to happen to make it move the way you want it to. But you never know until you put the boat in the water. And it might not be perfect. In fact, the boat might sink. Or it might not go in the direction you want it to. Or maybe no one even wants to get in your boat. 
but you will never know unless you get it in the water. Perfectionism can sometimes make you money. A lot of times it can make you money. It's actually made me a lot of money. An example is the flower shop. But really, it started with my first business, selling 3D handmade cards to the clients I babysat for. They were exquisite. It continued when I had a hair scrunchie making business, and my scrunchies were better than anything you could buy at the store. The best stitching, the best patterns, the best color palettes, those little suckers were perfect. Some of my college friends say they still have some. And like I said before, perfectionism was a big part of success at the flower shop, but it it can also be expensive. And I have experienced the cost. You might be experiencing how expensive it can be right now. The obsessive desire for flawlessness and perfection can cost you money every day that your product's not available to clients. It can cost you confidence every day you don't do what you really want to do. It can create some brain clutter, which takes you away from your family and being present in the rest of your life, being able to make really good decisions about your business. It also can cost you health, the health of your body. When we're in perfectionist mode, we're usually holding on pretty tight. There's less deep breathing going on, that is for sure. It can cost you time with family and friends, staying late at work to get it perfect, missing family time, soccer games, swim meets, family dinner, whatever it is. It can cost you a little bit of peace in your heart. Oftentimes, perfectionism and the obsession that's part of it can pull you out of alignment. And when you're out of alignment, you are not feeling peaceful. If you haven't used the word alignment before or heard it, it's really a coaching term that we use a bunch. Alignment's when you feel like you're living true to yourself and your top values. It feels good when you live this way. When you're not living in alignment with your values, it doesn't feel good. It's almost like your heart and soul need an adjustment to get back into alignment, like you're going to the chiropractor. Some of my clients have described it as something feels off or I feel off track. So that's alignment. The last thing I I wrote down here was perfectionism can cost you an efficient home or office environment. Things don't get done around the house or office because you think, if I can't get this office organized to the absolute maximum perfection, I'm not even going to start. I don't have seven hours to get this done, so I'm not even going to start at all. Perfectionists have some common mindsets and limiting beliefs that are somewhat harmful. And I've put a couple of those together so you guys can kind of see if you subscribe to any of these beliefs. This is uh, a list that I titled Nine Perfectionist Mindsets That Are Harmful. So see if these ring a bell. Number one, the harder and more hours I work, the better my product or service will be. Number two, if I screw up my eating plan at 11 a.m., I might as well just start over tomorrow and go hog wild today. That is all or nothing thinking. Number three, I'll feel so unworthy if someone sees anything but an A plus from me. My work is always an A plus and I will feel embarrassed or ashamed if anything else is out there. Number four, I need to be perfect to have love, be love, experience love. Number five, I need to be perfect to be considered successful. Number six, I will be happy when I have achieved perfection. Number seven, no one wants my product unless it's something I would consider 100% perfect. I just need a couple more months to get it how I really want it to be, which is perfect. Number eight, my clients will only accept flawless courses, videos, marketing, PDFs, posts, 
only flawless. Number nine, if I can't do this project perfectly, I won't do it at all. The converse to that is, what's one thing you could do today to move the needle on your project? So those are nine kind of harmful ways of thinking or harmful mindsets. And I want you to have helpful mindsets that will lift you. They're kind of like antidotes to this perfectionist thinking. This is by no means all of them, but I've made a list of nine again, just to get you started. Number one, strategic focus and leveraging my time and talent produces more in less time with less chance for burnout. That's kind of the work smarter, not harder philosophy. Number two, if I eat off planet 11, I can still save the rest of the day by eating on plan. It will benefit me. Number three, your B minus work is someone else's A plus work, especially if it helps them and solves their problem. You know, all your clients care about actually is whether or not you can help them solve their problem. Can you solve their problem? Serve the client, solve their problem. Number four, my best friends, my best clients, my grandma, my parents, they love me unconditionally and do not care if I am perfect. They love me as I am. Number five, many business owners with less knowledge than I and less expertise than me and less experience and less perfect product are gaining clients and making more money right now because they just got out there and started. I can be successful without being flawless. Number six, I can choose to be happy right now, regardless of the level of perfection I feel. Happiness is a feeling I choose to have on the journey, not at some end date in the future. Number seven, you are doing the world a disservice by keeping your expertise hidden in your computer, on a shelf, in your bag, wherever you keep your stuff. There are people waiting for your product or service. They are going to love when it comes out. Number eight, how well are you serving your clients when your perfectionism prevents you from timely delivery or any delivery? Your clients are waiting for you to solve their problems. Flawless work might not be as appreciated as much as you think, but problem solving might be. Number nine, clients are ready for my product now. The current iteration will solve their problem. Done is better than perfect. Progress, not perfection. Your a little below flawless rating is their perfection, especially if you're an expert in your industry. So you guys, that's nine. That's nine different ways of kind of thinking about what's happening for you in terms of perfection. And I do want to just add the caveat that, of course, I never want you to send something out there that you're not proud of, that you're not excited about. But that last 10% where we're hemming and hawing and spending so much time to reach this perfect place that we think this product should be at or this item should be at, what if you put it out there and almost treated it like a placeholder until you finished the rest of it? So it's almost like this is my first iteration. I'm getting it out there. I'm going to see what the market thinks, how do they feel about it? How did it work for them? And then consider doing that last 10% to get it just like you want it, to refine it just like you want it after you put your boat in the water. Just a thought, just a thought. So guys, if you want a copy of the nine mindsets that I just read, 
You can get that for free at www.angestocky.com forward slash nine mindsets. And that'll be in the show notes too. That's the number nine mindsets. So www.angestocky.com forward slash nine mindsets, no dashes or anything. Print off a copy of that and put it in front of you. Pick a couple of them that really resonate with you that feel good and just take a look at them throughout the week. I wonder what that would do for you. So that's a little on perfectionism, what it is, how it's helpful, how it's harmful, and what you can do when it seems to be holding you back. I'm wondering how much is perfectionism affecting your business momentum? It may or may not be one of your what get was, what gets in the way. It might not affect you at all. But let's take the temperature. On a scale of one to 10, one being not at all and 10 being oh so much, how much is perfectionism affecting your business momentum? I want to know. If you're a five or above, do any of the antidotes above resonate with you? Do any of the antidotes that I read to you resonate with you? You may or may not know I'm trained as a teacher. Chances are I'll be suggesting a little coaching homework at the end of each episode. Always easy and always meaningful. Are you ready for that? Here's the homework. Choose one or two of the helpful mindsets that resonate with you. And when I say resonate, it means they kind of stuck out to you. Maybe you felt a little tug towards it. Something about one or two of them just kind of filled a little hole for you. Write those down and post them in a place where you will see them often. You can even post them like where you brush your teeth or get ready in the morning. Let them effortlessly become part of your day. Sometimes repeat them over and over inside your head, out loud, on the treadmill, while doing sit-ups, while blow-drying your hair, while doing your laundry. Let them lift you up a bit. When you have supportive words and thoughts surrounding you, you will feel supported. Surround yourself with these positive and supportive thoughts. Let's see what happens. Ideally, they become part of your subconscious and then start to affect your behavior. That's the goal. And we want it to be easy. You don't need to try too hard. Start with surrounding yourself with positive thoughts. Feel supported. Got it, gang? That's your homework. If you have a minute, comment and let me know what you're taking away from today's episode. And in case you like to read things, there will be some show notes available to you if you want to look at something that coincides with this episode. Stay tuned for the next episode, a four-step method to re-energize your creative business after the craziest year ever. And I do want to say thanks for listening. And remember, let's get dang good brilliant even at having a creative business. Life's way more fun when we love what we do. It pays to be a brilliant creative. See you in the next episode. Bye.